Hello and welcome to my shed. I'm Neil, the poet Lawrenceon, and I'll be having regular and themed chats with my friend Rick. And this week we're talking about British knitwear. So Rick, over to you. You suggested the theme. I have to confess to not having a deep-seated passion for British knitwear, um, but I have been thinking about it since you suggested the theme a few days ago. So over to you. It was a link, Neil, from our last um, our last episode on savoury snacks because I was I don't think this came up in the conversation on savoury snacks actually. Um, apparently, the Queen her favourite savoury snack is a shortbread biscuit. So thinking about that, uh, I thought, oh yes, what always appears on the front of your shortbread uh, biscuit tin is a Scotsman in a kilt, or what I like to refer to as a, as a skirt. It got me to thinking about um, about British knitwear because uh, uh, the kilt is obviously uh, a knitted garment uh, closely resembling a skirt, and uh, yeah, and it's always that picture, isn't it? It's like on the front of the Scots Scottish porridge oats thing, uh, Quakers or something. Anyway, it's always uh, a Scotsman at a slightly jaunty angle with his uh, with with one leg higher than the other in his uh, in his kilt. Yeah, just got me thinking about uh, about knitwear. Really, you were gonna you were gonna rise your hackles. I saw your hackles go up then, oh, which yeah. is a very typical reaction, I have to say, from somebody with a Scottish ancestry. When I mentioned the fact that a kilt is a skirt, they go all oof. They go all oof at me, yeah. like I've insulted their masculinity. I do have a Scottish ancestry, listeners. Um, I'm half Scots. Uh, dad's from Glasgow, and I must passionately defend the name kilt because uh, clearly not a skirt. It's a rich heritage, which I know very little about. It does look like a skirt, though. I wore a kilt on my wedding day. Um, I don't think I wore it as well as some people, like, for example, Sean Connery. And I have a kilt-related story to share. This guy, he was uh, hitchhiking to uh, North Africa, this Scotsman, in 1984. And he was in Marbella, is that how you pronounce it? And... um, Someone um, was driving by in a very posh car and they wheeled down yeah. the window and uh, they, they said, get in the car, I'm going to give you a lift. And it's a bit aggressive. <laughs> get in the car? Get, get in the car. Well, I'm sure. Not say, Would you like a lift? So we're going probably, to... Probably. I don't know. It was, it was, uh, the outer Hebrides, get in. Well, that was the opposite direction. He was um, heading from, he'd gone from Scotland, going to North Africa via uh, Spain. Of all people to wheel down the window and say, hop in, it was uh, Sean Connery. The connection of, of knitwear across the world. I like it. I used to hitchhike quite a lot in, in the UK back in the day. And you'll know this being being Scottish of uh, uh, heritage is that there's probably about 150,000 uh, tartan things. So um, I would have to be incredibly lucky to get a lift. If I, if I chose a, a, a tartan at random, I'd be incredibly lucky to then meet somebody from the uh, from the exact clan driving on the in, on the road going in the right direction and being able to offer me a lift up the road. That would be an enormously uh, coincidental thing. Well, that's what you know. I think you just um, have to do the numbers. What is the biggest clan and go with go for, go for the big one? McDonald or I know McDonald's. Not not like well, yeah, lift to McDonald's once you've got once you've worn your McDonald's tartan. I don't know. When you say you didn't wear your kilt very well, 
is it, was that a reflection on your on your athletic pins rather than the fact that you had it on upside down? I, I just look like um, I just look like a housewife, I suppose. Um, yeah, that is, suppose it suppose it's the legs, isn't it? Um, I don't have the legs for it. Did you have your rubber gloves and a Hoover at the same uh, time? That didn't, that didn't help the look. Uh, it's funny you mention that because people would come up to you on the wedding day saying, well, "Why? That's really not traditional. Why? Why would you have that? Um, that's why you look like a housewife." I'll just go along as uh, Freddie Mercury. You're involved in in clothing in, to some extent. You've got your own business. I quite often wear clothes. And, yeah, I, uh, I, I, you wear them very well. Have I just made up Willis Designs? I do, yes, I do make uh, I do make bags out of um, old old knitted jackets. Oh. Mate, but yeah, I'm a Harris Tweed. It's one of my favourite my, my favourite ones to use. If I find an old Harris Tweed jacket, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's obviously got to be in a state of disrepair for me to take it all to pieces, because otherwise it would be worth about sixty quid. But um, they turn up in charity shops every now and again. But they're lovely, uh, a lovely tweedy material to use. But did you know this is an interesting fact about Harris Tweed? It's the only fabric to have its own Act of Parliament, what? because. Well, what happened was in the original uh, sort of history, in the history of Harris Tweed, Harris Tweed obviously originates from crofters and hand making. And then um, they they created something called the Harris Tweed Authority, which was a legal body, which was set up and is protected by law, hence the Act of Parliament. And it was set up to defend the reputation and historic production methods of Harris Tweed. Because it only used to be on the Isle of Harris that you could make it. You could make it. Now it's gone a, a bit further afield, like Lewis and Uist. Is that how you pronounce it? Uist. You yeah. can make you can make Harris Tweed on those under obviously under the Harris Tweed Authority rules and regulations. Last time we were talking about uh, savoury snack. Melton Mowbray Pie awarded protected geographical indication status by the EU in 2008, which wow. basically in, in layman's terms, uh, a Melton Mowbray Pie. It's only a Melton Mowbray pie if it's from Melton Mowbray. That's how I understood it. So Harris Tweed had this act to protect its sort of geographical origins. And its and its production method, which is a wee Scots person sat on a stool with a, with a loom. That's the production process. Watching the shuttle go like you know, left to right, left to right, and then doing the thing with the with the thing in front. Can you imagine like us just or either of us traipsing all the way to 10 Downing Street and say, Oi, I want an act of parliament to protect the way in which I create my words. <laughs> <laughs> the way Anyone I write else? my comic poetry. Yeah, yeah. I, I want you to protect it, it under law. <laughs> The whole process, everything of me sitting there in my pajama bottoms early <laughs> in the morning, thinking about the absurdity of Donald Trump's hair and then writing a haiku. Yeah, I want that protected under British law, please. The other interesting thing about while we're talking about the manufacturing process is that the mechanical knitting machine that was invented in England and then exported all around the world so that everybody else could make it cheaper and quicker. Industrial revolution, I'm guessing? Yeah, I would say it was the industrial revolution, yeah, Um, but without any air of certainty. (laughs) Very very formal way of declaring your ignorance there, without any formal certainty. Um, Well, I'm having some T-shirts made up with that without any formal certainty. And uh, and I'm going to have those printed and I'm going to sell them at Christmas. Those Christmas gifts for the uninitiated. Your own... I'll probably do quite well out of that, I think. Quite a few uninitiated people around. Yeah, knitwear declared ignorance. There's a company that makes British Christmas jumpers. I'm not going to tell the name because that would be advertising. But that, that just Google it or something. British Christmas jumpers. 
and that their whole range is just jumpers for Christmas. I thought, well, that's very niche. But you know, Christmas is like a really big chunk of the year now, isn't it? Like back in the day, you don't know about you, but Christmas was like well, it was like a week, wasn't it? If that it was like twelve days. Well, officially it's 12 days, you know, that's that was the calendar allocation 2,000 years ago. But in reality, back in, in the good old days, 70s, 80s, that sort of thing, uh, Christmas was like December 21st until, until Boxing Day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah you now, didn't go much further than that. No, and then... Well, it, there was no point. Now, Christmas is like September the 1st until end of Jan. And so this company... I initially thought, well, they're not going to do much business throughout the year, are they? But actually, <laughs> actually, they're probably raking it in. Turns out they do the whole year round selling Christmas jumpers. It's a bit like when you inadvertently hear Slade's Christmas song, like midway through summer in the supermarket somewhere. And, it, and you're like, whoa, you're looking for the Christmas pies, then, aren't you? The mince pies. You're looking for the mince pies. Uh, it's like Pavlov's dogs when you hear the Slade. So here it is. Merry Christmas. Hang on. I was just going to buy a Christmas pudding. Uh, anyway, knitwear, that was a great Harris of Sky story there. I, I've got other facts to share with you, Rick. Oh, I've got a poem to share, actually. Is it, is it one from the great Simon Armitage? How did you know? We love the um, Poet Laureate. I have to admit, though, this poem I'm about to read is a little bit more tenuous than the other two that I've read. Yeah. I, lo- I love a tenuous link. Is that a form of knitwear as well, a tenuous link? Yeah, I think it's actually uh, it's a stitch in knitting, the ten- yes, tenuous link. Is. I think it's where you join, you know, like when you, when you, if you knit a sweater pullover, not a, not a cardigan, but a pullover, when you join the arm to the, to the body of the pullover, you use the tenuous link, it's a, it's a stitch. I know so little about knitwear, I don't know whether you're pulling my leg. I want to believe it. Um, okay, this poem is called, uh, oh, it's from um, Book of Matches, published in 93, and it's called Cataract Operation. The sun comes like a head through last night's turtleneck. A pigeon in the yard turns tail and offers me a card, any card. From pillar to post, a pantomime of damp, forgotten washing on the washing line. So in the breeze, the ole of a crimson towel, the can-can of a rah-rah skirt, the monkey business of a shirt pegged only by its sleeve, the cheerio of a handkerchief. I drop the blind. But not before a company of half a dozen hens struts through the gate, looks around the courtyard for a contact lens. Oh, very good. And you, you know, you've inadvertently, that wasn't just a tenuous link with the tenuous link, but um, <laughs> the, the cataract is, is also uh, a sewing uh, stitch. Oh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a missed stitch, actually. So if you drop a stitch in, in knitting, that's known as the cataract. That was more that was more linked to uh, knitwear than you oh, than you yeah. had originally thought. Totally deliberate, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. Obviously, I, I yeah. sensed that. I also, in my massive, uh, extensive research into British knitwear, I did find I did find this company, and I am going to name check these guys because they're absolutely brilliant. They're called Cooking Apple, right? Which you wouldn't normally associate with knitwear. Anyway, they knit children's and adults' knitwear inspired by patterns and styles long forgotten they say long forgotten have you gone on the website it's full of like tank tops in the 1970s and uh, and knitted swimsuits it's fantastic that was a, a pleasurable hour and a half spent going through the back catalogue nice range of cardigans of course it's purely retro nothing they don't yeah. do designs or anything like that no but they're hand knitted by a small team of dedicated knitters based in the Cotswolds 
maybe um, Cooking Apple are, are, are going to start lobbying for an act of legislation so they can be like the their brothers in Sky. Absolutely. Yeah, lovely range of cardigans, which leads me on to the a very interesting story of how the cardigan got its name. Do you know that? Do you know how this came uh, about? Earl of Cardigan, Wales. Well, cardigan in Wales came first, obviously, because that's. They didn't name the region after a bit of knitwear. Quite a history to it, I would imagine. And and it's not. It's also not named after the Cardigans, the Swedish rock band from the 1990s, because oh. it, it goes back a little bit longer than that. I also, in my extensive research, I found out that Taylor Swift has got a, an official website selling cardigans. Taylor Swift selling cardigans. Yeah. I don't know whether it's the same Taylor Swift as the musician. I'm not sure. But there is a, a Taylor Swift official website where you can buy a cardigan um, if you're so inclined. Anyway, it wasn't to do with Cardigan, the uh, the, the Welsh, the lovely Welsh resort, but it was named up by the Lord Cardigan, who was the, the chap that headed up the Charge of the Light Brigade, you know, the infamous Charge of the Light Brigade. In the Crimean War, yeah. It was in the Crimean War. Good, uh, good fact knowledge there. And they used to wear, they used to wear this woolen waistcoat, I think it's pronounced, and uh, used to have a woolen waistcoat with the long tails on the back, a bit like they would wear in the Bullingdon Club or something like that. And anyway, he... Uh, he inadvertently burnt the tails of his waistcoat on in the fireplace, and hence the cardigan was born. I like to think he was probably trying to light one of his own farts, and, yeah. uh, and, and, it, all, and it all went wrong. I didn't know that about the um, burning garment spawning this wonderful piece of knitwear. That's an yeah, amazing yeah. story. I don't, I don't Tradi- it. Traditionally, traditionally, it has buttons in the front. Buns? Buttons. Buttons. Like buttons. Yeah. Tasty snack while you're on your way. Um, yeah, I was going to, um, unless you want to say more about cardigans, of course, uh, I was going to talk about shrugs. Um, talk about what? Shrugs. What's a, a shrug? A shrug is something that has truly been burnt in a fire to the point where all you have left is enough material to cover well, your shoulders, really, and a little bit of your back. A bit like a, a thick scarf. It doesn't, doesn't, it's not wrapped around your neck. It sits daintily on your shoulders. If you are a female, although why a man can't wear a shrug? I bet the Scottish wear it. They uh, like to wear a kilt that res- closely resembles a skirt. I dare you to say that uh, in a Glaswegian boozer. Down the pub in the govern. Dade to say, you know what, I think I think you'd look really good. In a shrug. Yeah, in a shrug. Yeah, what you, what you need, you don't need that ranger shirt. You know, get, get rid of that. Put on a little shrug. Perfect little bit of knitwear. I don't think I'd make it out the door. I think you'd be made into knitwear, yeah. Um, I think you, I would. You, you would. Shredded. I'd be re- <laughs> like reused, like recycled knitwear, I would be. Yes, and which um, leads me nicely into um, a confession that, well, you're already aware of. I, I, I wrote a poem in which I described the destruction of a shrug that belonged to my wife. Uh, I shrank the shrug. Was I, it I, cashmere? Uh, it was something like that. It was really a rather nice garment, which I put in with the whites and enjoyed it. But the benefit is that I managed to conjure up this uh, slightly amusing poem. And if you really want to seek it out, I've even done a video for it, everyone. Um, but I just want to ask you, Rick, whether you have any embarrassing knitwear-related stories, like the one I have, which is shrinking my wife's shrug. No, I don't think I haven't got any embarrassing knitwear, knitwear stories. It's, yeah. it's just not the sort of thing that happens, is it? Then, I think in the past I probably have shrunk a sweater in the wash in some sort of drunken attempt to do washing at three o'clock in the morning, thinking, oh, wouldn't it be a good idea? I really want to wear my Icelandic, Nordic, Swedish jumper to work tomorrow. Oh, it's in the... Oh, right. 
let's get in and wash it now uh, on the hot wash, 80 degrees. Quick wash though, only 15 minutes, but unfortunately, yeah, shrunk to the size of a little teddy bear jumper. That's, I've probably done that. I've probably done that, Neil. I suppose um, if you did a sort of a family fortunes type survey, um, hundred people, and he said embarrassing knitwear stories. I, th I reckon 93 would be shrunk in the wash, or maybe even higher. And then I don't know, one person accidentally ate a sock. One person, I don't know, wore their grand's underwear. And it wasn't even a stag do. Um, <laughs> or admitted to knitting uh, yeah. a, a mankini, a mohair or something. <laughs> nice. Knitting, is that is that something that you've ever been minded to partake in? I have tried knitting and uh, I was quite successful in knitting. But the only thing that I could ever knit was, was, was a scarf. That's where you start, isn't it? And I would always, you know, be partial to the cataract stitch. Sure, always be partial to that. You make bags out with your own fair hands. Yeah, but that's that's a sewing machine. That's completely different. Knitting, that's two little bits of stick, isn't it, and some wool. It's a completely different thing. Making a scarf, I can do that. When did you do that? When I was in my teenage years. Rebellious. That was me. Making yeah, scarves. No drinking down the pub or smoking behind the bike sheds. No, I'm off doing a little bit of knitting. Doctor Who scarf. I think an interesting thing about scarves, I'm going to test you a question now. I'm not going to test you. It's not a test, is it? It's just a question. Okay. Um, so when I when I was doing my extensive research on British knitwear, mm -hmm. I looked at the definition of the word scarf. Yeah. Uh, so I was obviously quite interested in scarf. And uh, I need you to clarify something for me. So on the Wikipedia, it says garment worn around the neck for warmth, sun protection, cleanliness, fashion, or religious purposes. Now I get the religious purposes bit because that's football, isn't it? A football scarf, uh, religious purposes. But cleanliness, Neil. Garment worn around the neck for cleanliness. How does that work? I, I didn't quite understand that. Well, that says to me that if you if you've got up too late for work and you've not had time to do your ablutions and you've got a hideous curry stain on your neck, I can totally testify to how much of a plausible strategy it is before you go to work. You can do all sorts of things with a scarf. I'm trying to think what those things might be. Um, a, a makeshift bag, um, a swing a cat. Um, skipping know. rope skipping rope yeah yeah um a belt um yeah all sorts of things um, yeah no, none of those none of those incidentally were mentioned in the in the wikipedia description of scarves uh, and i think they've let themselves down that, that they've not been yeah. very creative but then this is one reason why i like um the armitage poem so much um it's a, sort of a different way of looking at normal things that you know these metaphors and the sort of thing a poet would do um yeah it's like, very good though isn't he simon armitage it reminds me he's of not the poet laureate for nothing no no of course not um he's amazing um it reminded me of the uh, martian school of poetry craig rain and christopher reed late 70s early 80s where they just come up with these wonderful metaphors based on everyday objects i think if you took scarf as a starting point i think it's probably be a really good poetry exercise the uses of a scarf it might lead to some quite devious i know ideas depends on the mind only in your world neil the rest of us would be innocently using it for bandaging or for or for covering over a homeless dog <laughs> have you got a favorite pair of socks neil a favorite pair of knitted socks um silly christmas socks uh they've got red and white stripes uh, and they're green at the top i think uh, if actually if you held out the socks i met people you can't see what i'm doing i'm holding up an imaginary sock and stretching it out. I think it's actually meant to be one of Santa's little helpers, but when it's on my foot, I can only see the colours. It, it makes me 
infinitesimally more jolly than I would normally be, which is amazing. Does it play a little that. tune? Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't. No, there is, the battery's no. gone in the, in the heel if there, there was one. Anyway, what are your favourite socks? That's tricky, and I, I definitely have a favourite T-shirt, but the favourite socks, I don't know, I'm wearing a pair of socks at the minute, which are kind of like, do you know the Pringle pattern? It's kind of like uh, diamond shapes. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are other knitwear manufacturers. They're in, in that sort of shape, in the rainbow colours, and I quite like in those, quite jolly, bringing a little bit of cheer to this apocalyptic world in which we live, which can be done instantaneously with a pair of rainbow coloured socks. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd, I'm all for um, brightening up the world through knitwear. Just before you go, Rick, I, I meant to say, oh, when I was um, reading about Fair Isle jumpers, you know how um, Google just generate questions. What is the most beautiful jumper? Which I thought was a lovely question just oh. to randomly pop up. Uh, and I looked up at the definition of shrugs, which I meant to refer to earlier. A shrug is a woman's close-fitting cardigan or jacket. So yeah, it's been really educational. It always is. Gonna have to go. But yeah, looking forward to catching up next time. Thank you, Neil. Thanks okay. for inviting me. I can feel a, a draft coming in from the open door of the shed. Yeah, it's I've very... just put my scarf on. Yeah, take care. Um, be safe on the way out uh, and the way home as well. Cheers.